Welcome to Iro Live with host Bob Bay. Let me pray real quick. God, please help me to stay focused tonight, but not too focused. Help me to say the things that you want me to say and, and to not say the things you don't want me to say. And, and I'm asking God that, that these words would touch people's heart so that they in turn can picture and can see the things that you've brought me through so that maybe if they can relate to that, that they can see and hope and trust that you'll bring them through. In Jesus' name, amen. When I first quit doing drugs, I'd been battling with meth and drinking for a while and trying to quit for a long time, and I just really felt like I couldn't. But I found that strength in God. There was nothing I was going to be able to do. I had been trying to quit for so long, it wasn't going to matter. Because I couldn't accept me for who I was. I couldn't accept the situations in my life for the way they were. I, I felt like everything around me was unfair and everybody had been unfair to me. If Pam would just treat me better, then I would be okay. I just like having, you know, I like to drink a few beers, smoke a little weed, do a little meth. I just like to have a little bit of fun. And if she would just get off my back, everything would be all right. And everything was always somebody else's fault. My life evolved. It was never my fault. It was never my responsibility for things. The relationship, mine and Pam's relationship, I talk about because that's the main relationship in my life. I didn't see as it taking two people to make a relationship happen. I just thought, okay, well, I'll do my thing, and you do your thing, and then, you know, together we'll do our thing, but don't give me a hard time about my thing, and I won't give you a hard time about your thing. And <laughs> a thing that in, in both of our lives, with both of each other, we've had to ask ourselves, you ask yourselves, if this is as good as it gets, can I, can I deal with it? like dealing with our relationship. Pam had to ask that question to herself, and I had to ask that question to myself. If this is as good as it gets, am I okay with this? And that's pretty tough, right? That's real. Guess what? Both of us have had those points where it's like, no, this is not acceptable. No, this is not going to work. And we all have that point. In relationships, one of the key things in relationships is, is you can't take the freedom away from the other person to walk away from the relationship. That's mutual respect. But in the same case, then there's the other part of it is, is you guys probably don't, don't realize. For, as far as Pam, it was easy. She, she didn't have that big of a choice to make, right, with me. <laughs> Unaccepting, she was like, oh, yeah, with Bob, yeah, that's no problem. I can accept that. <laughs> For both of us, <laughs> both Pam and I, we, we come to that point. I love Pam. And you know what? There are certain things about Pam that frustrates me. There are a lot of things about me that frustrate her. But that's, that's life, right? We have people that we love and we want to have a relationship with. And we have to come to the point where we can accept that. We can accept the other person's faults and love them and be healthy with that. But then we have to ask ourselves, if we can't be healthy in that, 
If we can't accept the situation the way it is, then we need to step out of the relationship. And that is where trouble really comes. That's where the root of codependency is, is the inability to set boundaries and accept things in the relationship, set boundaries, and then hold those boundaries and enforce boundaries. In John chapter 3, Nicodemus comes to Jesus and he says, what's, you know, what's it take for me to be saved, to have eternal life? And Jesus says, you must be born again. When we receive Jesus as our Savior, our spirit is made new, right? Our spirit, God breathes on our spirit. It is made new. It is, our spirit is born again. But our soul, which is our mind, our will, and our emotions, is not made new at that point. You come in and you begin to build a new relationship with God. You receive Jesus. You're saved. But you want to be able to take all of your coping skills. You don't call them coping skills. You want to take where you are and you want to translate that into serving God with what you have in your life. The problem is, is our coping skills are what mess us up. Our coping skills are what we've used to survive and meet our own needs. And so if we just take those things, which are really our dysfunction, if we take those things and begin trying to build a relationship with God using those dysfunctional things, those coping skills, which is where the codependency lies, if we try and serve God in that, we're going to have a very unhealthy relationship. But, of course, we come in and we, we think, well, he's God. And so it's all going to work out because we, we believe in Jesus. Jesus is our Lord and Savior, and so everything's going to work out for us. We talked a couple of weeks ago about our concept of who God is, and oftentimes when we come in, we have the wrong concept of who God is, and we haven't had enough time in the Word to understand who he really is. And so we are trying to have a relationship with him that really gets into works. It gets into trying to do something to keep him from getting mad or to make him happy with us. So you do all of these things that are based in works to try and build that relationship out of dysfunction. So what Jesus is talking to Nicodemus about is not just your spirit being born again. But he's saying, and it says later in Mark and in Luke, I think it's like Mark 8 or it might be 10 or whatever, and in Luke Jesus tells the disciples that unless you receive the kingdom of God as a child, you will not enter into it. And so what he's saying in, when you must be born again and receiving the kingdom as a child, what ends up happening is, is we have to understand, we have to, we have to start over as a baby. You start over as a baby. You have to relearn how to walk, how to talk, how to think how to have relationships with people, the things you talk to yourself about, your self-talk in your head when you're having conversations, that's got to be made new again. You have to be reparented by God, starting over again. Integrity, when it comes to the biblical sense of it, is being who you are here is the same person you are at home. It's the same person you are at work. It's the same person you are with this person and with that person. And so if we pretend to be somebody that we're not, if we come to church and we pretend to be somebody we're not, if we pretend to be part of the high holy rollers, 
you know, and we're spouting off all kinds of Bible verses and we're doing all this kind of stuff, but then we go home and we're acting a completely different way, there's no integrity in that. So part of this having integrity is being willing to be honest with ourselves, right? And just really look and look in our lives and say, okay, this is who I really am. I don't know about you guys, but that was one of the hardest things for me to be able to step back and say, you know what? I realized I didn't know who I really was because I had been pretending to be somebody for so long. I pretended to be one way with Pam, which really, in, in honesty, it was a form of manipulation to get her to do and be what I wanted. But I pretended to be somebody different with everybody. I pretended to be somebody with I was with my parents. I pretended to be this way. At work, I would pretend to be this person. It, you know, I pretended to be these dis- different people. When it was all in a way to manipulate the situations to get what I wanted. There are times where I don't feel like being C.R. Bob. And sometimes I have to be C.R. Bob whether I like it or not. So in a way, that's kind of pretending, right? In a way, that kind of is. Sometimes I have to be that way. Sometimes God expects me to do the right thing when I don't want to. I need to be honest about that at least once a week, sometimes two or three times a week. I'll go to Pam and I'll say, Pam, I just want to tell you this. This is what I'm thinking. And I'll tell her whatever awful thing will my prideful, hurt, arrogant, whatever. You know, whatever. I just know, I know in me that thinking ain't right. That's Stinking thinking. So I'll go to Pam and I'll say, Pam, I know, hey, listen, I know this sounds terrible, but this is what I'm thinking. This is how I feel. And she'll be like, yeah, that's not right, Bob. <laughs> that's not right. <laughs> I know, I know, Pam, I know. So sometimes I'll say something and she'll be like immediately on that. Well, Bob, well, you know, and I'm like, I know, I don't need you to tell me. I don't need you to explain it all. I get it. I'm telling you this because I want you to know I'm a mess. I'm crazy. You guys remember, I talk a lot about the thing about the three relationships, our relationship with God, our relationship with others, and the relationship with ourselves, because those are the two greatest commandments, to love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. We quite often have trust issues in one of those three areas. A lot of times people don't want to admit that they don't trust God because that would be wrong. You have to. That's faith. That's having faith. And you can't admit that you don't trust God because that would make you a bad Christian. And then God would be unhappy with you. Can't do that. It's okay to admit that you don't trust other people. You can say you have trust issues. You guys get what I'm saying here. I'm not saying that this is actually okay. I'm saying that this is the way we talk to ourselves. We give ourselves permission to have trust issues with other people because we've been hurt, and that's understandable. But what gets really bad is when we don't trust ourselves. And that's a really difficult thing. And that happens when we continually make the wrong choices time after time after time. Again, we begin to stop trusting in ourselves. When that starts happening, it opens the door for shame, regret, Once we start walking in shame, it separates us from God, from having a close relationship with God. Just like Adam and Eve in the garden, they knew that they were naked and ashamed, so they hid themselves. 
When we do these things and we begin to stop trusting ourselves because we make bad choices over and over again, we begin to hide things. And we may even come to Christ and we may say, well, I believe and I receive you as my Lord and Savior. But we compartmentalize these things in our lives. Not consciously. We don't consciously think, oh, God can't see this. But we compartmentalize those things and we begin to even pretend like they don't exist. And we hide those things from God because we don't trust ourselves. As we begin to build a relationship with God, because you don't automatically start having, when you start out and you get saved, you don't automatically have a good relationship with God. That's not the way it works. It takes time and it takes energy to have a good relationship with God. It takes a lot of work to have a good relationship with God. You can know who God is if you're like me. I first got saved and started going to church. I believe I was saved before because I I understood Jesus' work on the cross. I understood him as my Savior, but I wasn't going to church or anything like that for a long time. Then finally there was this point of I received him as my Lord and Savior, not just my Savior, but my Lord. Got all excited about Jesus and everything, and I was reading the Bible all the time, and I was seeing all of these cool things. I talked about God all the time. I talked about him all the time. The problem was is I never talked to him, and I never listened to him. But I was getting so much knowledge because I was reading the Bible so much, and, I, and all this stuff was happening, and my life was changing, and all these awesome things were happening. But I was not building a relationship with him. And there's a difference. And I went through, and God actually brought me to a point where, because these things were going on in my life, and I was like, God, what's going on? You know, I I should be having victory over these things. I should be, you know, all this should be going on. And, And I was kind of whining to God about these things. And he said, well, no, Bob, you shouldn't be having victory over all of that because all you do is talk about me. You don't talk to me. That was kind of a hard thing because I I saw myself as such a good Christian. It was during that time that I was children's church pastor. I was the lay pastor, and I was leading these young people to Jesus, walking them through the prayer and everything, and, and I was making a difference in these kids' lives. But yet, on the inside, there were still these things going on, and as I began to whine to God about why he wasn't... I was doing these, all these things. I was doing all these good things, you know. And God wasn't in my mind. I, you don't consciously think, God, you're not living up to your bar end of the bargain, right? You don't consciously think that because that would be wrong. You, you know? But really, I was whining about things, and it was that way. Now, you come back and you look in Matthew 7... And this is kind of a scary thing. I don't want, I'm not trying to be doom and gloomy guy, but reality's reality. There's a group of people that Jesus talks about, and these people come to him, and they say, Lord, Lord, we prophesied in your name. We fed the hungry. We did all of this great stuff in your name. And he says, depart from me. I never knew you. That's a scary, sobering thing. Because what God really wants is to have a relationship with us. He wants us to talk to him. He wants us to be able to trust him. As you begin to make good choices because you get in a relationship with God and you begin to make good choices, you begin to feel better about who you are and you begin to be able to trust yourself. And that helps you build relationships 
other people around you. It helps other people begin to trust you because you have a track record. You've kind of overcome some of those things. You begin to have more trust in God because you're building a relationship with him. So that allows you to build a better relationship with the people around you. And then as you build a better relationship with the people around you and yourself, it causes your relationship with God to grow. And your relationship with God grows. And so that causes you to be able to have better relationships with the people around you and, to, and yourself. And so that causes you to be able to have a better relationship with God. And so then that causes, you see what I'm saying? And so, and I really honestly believe that's why in the Bible, when God says you, you love the Lord, your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. I believe God, because he made us social creatures, and he said, it is not good that man is alone. I think he understands that we can only build so much of a relationship with him. We can only come to a certain point in our understanding. But then by having relationships with other people, it causes us to grow to where we can understand more things and we can get a, have a better relationship with him because we can't see him. Your higher power, Jesus Christ. He loves you just the way you are, but he loves you enough not to leave you that way. Thanks for listening. Please comment and subscribe for upcoming podcasts. To order your copy of My Real Life, go to the Take Action page at our website, reallifeministries-stl.com or go to Real Life Ministries STL on Facebook.